A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and we are going to discuss the Q3 2022 earnings call for Tesla. Um, before we before we get started, it, Elon was way more subdued than normal. We didn't get a lot of technical details. There was a lot of financial talk, which is what this, this kind of thing is for, so you can't really blame him for that, although it is annoying because I want the technical information, but we get we got some nuggets. All right, I don't want to waste your time. So my goal is to have this whole episode runtime uh, less than 45 minutes. And I feel confident that we're going to do it. But the only way we're going to do it is if I stop blabbering and I just get to the show. So let's go ahead and jump into Elon's opening remarks, which have been heavily edited. Uh, you can kind of hear from the way that Elon's talking. He's it's It's very measured and there's long pauses. I took out some of the longer pauses so you didn't have to listen to that. There's a lot that he talks about that goes nowhere. So not a very focused Elon in this earnings call, at least in the beginning. Towards the end it gets better and it, you you get back to, you know, what what we come to expect of Elon on an earnings call. But in the beginning is more of a stilted, reserved Elon. So let's go ahead and jump into his op- opening remarks. So just to do a Q3 recap, uh, <clears throat> Q3 was another record quarter on many levels. Uh, our, uh, we had our industry-leading operating margin reach 17%, uh, and our free cash flow surpassed $3 billion in Q3 and approached $9 billion in the past 12 months. As our factories ramp, we're looking forward to a record-breaking Q- Q4. Um, so it really, you know, knock on wood, it looks looks like we'll have an, an epic uh, end, of, end of year. So Q4 is looking extremely good. Uh, on the production ramp, uh, Giga Berlin achieved another milestone of 2,000 cars made in a week um, at, at, with very good quality and um, uh, is, is ramping rapidly. Um, Giga Austin or Giga Texas should reach this milestone very soon. And uh, in, in, in fact, just yesterday, we, if you extrapolated yesterday's rate, it would be 2,000. Um, our production of 4680 cells has tripled in Q3 compared to the previous quarter. Uh, we are finally gaining rapid traction on the 4680 cell, um, and um, its output is growing uh, rapidly, and we expect it to start incorporating in cars and having it be uh, a significant portion of our uh, production here in Texas uh, in the coming months. 
<clears throat> we also have our second generation of manufacturing equipment for, for, for 4680 cells in Texas, uh, which continues to show great progress along with our original pilot line, Fremont. The Fremont uh, factory team, once again, reached record production in Q3, and we in intend to keep uh, raising production in Fremont. So I think it's, a, it's an incredibly exciting future um, and really an unprecedented future. But none of this would be possible without the incredible team that we have here at Tesla. Um, so I'd like to give a, a huge shout out to all of our factory employees, uh, engineers, executives, and the, the whole Tesla team. You guys rock. Uh, you're, you're the ones making it happen. Thank you. So I just might be reading too much into this, but that's not our normal Elon. Like that's a, that's a much more reserved and like I said, still did Elon, but I want to go over some things. He mentioned that their overall operating margin is 17%. I did some Google searching and I'm going to let you know that I'm, I'm not a finance guy. If you've listened to me for any length of time, you should know that I'm really dumb when it comes to anything to do with law finances. Okay. That's, those are my weak areas. But Ford's operating overall operating margins are somewhere between 5 and 10%, depending on which website you read. Mercedes actually has a pretty good operating margin, overall operating margin around 12-ish percent. So Tesla having 17% overall operating margins is actually quite good. Um, it might be, and I think it is, the highest in the automotive industry. Uh, he mentioned that... Giga Berlin was at 2,000 cars per week, and Giga Texas should uh, reach that soon, which I'm sure everybody waiting on a Model Y, um, and, and, and even the Model 3, but everybody waiting on a Model Y coming out of Giga Texas is going to be excited about that. 4680 cells, they tripled production as compared to Q2 uh, in Q3. We don't really know how how many battery cells that is, but I'm sure it's a fair amount. He did not mention that battery manufactured equipment was being moved from Germany to Texas, and I don't know why he would, but uh, he didn't mention that, or no one mentioned that throughout the whole earnings call, so maybe that story is not really uh, based in reality. We talked about that just a few days ago. Some of the things I cut out, he, he did mention AI Day, uh, but he didn't say much about it. He talked briefly about autopilot, nothing new here, wide release of FSD beta, this quarter in North America, this quarter being Q4, so by the end of the year, Elon said that FSD is safer uh, when it's on than when it's off, and that might be true. There may be some stock buybacks from Tesla, which investors are probably really happy to hear about. And then Elon thinks that uh, – this isn't funny. I don't know why he laughed. Elon thinks that Tesla could be worth more than – Apple and Saudi Aramco combined. Now, I'm not familiar with Saudi Aramco. I'm going to guess that has something to do with oil. Uh, but he said that this will not happen without hard work, innovation, excellent products, and luck. Uh, I would tend to agree with him. He made this statement a couple of times, and he said, you know, this may never happen. But he but he said it enough times. I don't I don't know why he said it, honestly. Uh, I mean, it could be worth more than all those companies. I mean, is that even that important to anybody that it is worth, you know, it is the biggest company in the world. Is that important to you? It's not really important to me. I just want them to continue making cool products and pushing forward electric vehicles and sustainable energy so that other people make cool products to compete with them. That's what I want. I, I, I'm sure investors want 
you know, that return on their investment. But in reality, if they continue doing just making good products and doing a good job and pushing the industry forward, their stock's going to go up in, you know, normal situations because currently their stock's going down. Next up, we have Zach Kirkhorn. He's going to give us, he's the CFO of Tesla, the chief financial officer. He's going to give us his opening remarks. And I put this in just for the shareholders. I don't really have much to comment on this. So let's go ahead and jump into that. Um, just to continue on Elon's theme, I just want to thank and congratulate the Tesla team for achieving record vehicle deliveries, production, and storage deployments in the third quarter. On automotive profitability, our gap operating margin was 17.2%, with automotive gross margin at 27.9%. Operating margin is one of our best yet, with improvements in operating leverage. However, Austin and Berlin ramp costs weighed on our margins, particularly if you compare it to Q1. Removing regulatory credits and Austin and Berlin, our operating margins would have been our strongest yet, and auto gross margin would have been nearly 30%. Note that while small and growing, each car we build in Austin and Berlin is contributing positively to profitability. We also continue to experience margin headwinds associated with macroeconomic conditions, as we've discussed at length on prior calls, in particular, raw materials, logistics, uh, and foreign exchange was a big part of this past quarter. On energy profitability, we achieved our strongest gross profit yet for this business, driven primarily by record volumes of our Megapack and Firewall products. Our free cash flows were also a record, despite an increase in cars in transit at the end of the quarter, which has a negative impact on working capital. Specifically on cars in transit, as noted in our press release on October 2nd, we've started to experience limits on outbound logistics capacity, which we didn't anticipate. This issue is particularly present for ships from Shanghai to Europe and local trucking within certain parts of the U.S. and Europe. Our historical operating pattern of batch building by delivery region leads to extreme concentrations of outbound logistics needs in the final weeks of each quarter. Just to put this in perspective, roughly two-thirds of our Q3 deliveries occurred in September and one-third in the final two weeks. As a result, we've begun to smooth regional builds throughout the quarter to reduce our peak needs for outbound logistics. We expect this to simplify our operations, reduce costs, and improve the experience of our customers. As we look ahead, our plans show that we're on track for the 50% annual growth in production this year although we are tracking supply chain risks, which are beyond our control. On the delivery side, we do expect to be just under 50% growth due to an increase in the cars in transit at the end of the year, as noted just above. This means that, again, you should expect a gap between production and deliveries in Q4, and those cars in transit will be delivered shortly to their customers upon arrival to their destination in Q1. Austin and Berlin ramp costs will continue to weigh on margins, although we expect the impact to be less than what we saw in Q3. And as Elon mentioned, we are continuing to build as many cars as possible while also maintaining strong operating margins. Thank you. All right. Don't have much to add about that. Our first shareholder question is, can Tesla and Elon, can they reveal a little bit of the product roadmap? Can they talk about some of the things that they haven't revealed yet? So let's go ahead and listen to Elon's answer. Can you tell us more about the product feature roadmap beyond new models and FSV, and especially for interior and powertrain of existing vehicle models? Yeah. So in case you missed that, that was a no. Moving on to our next question. 
Is Tesla worried about the potential energy issues in Germany? Prior to Russia invading Ukraine, Germany received a significant amount of their natural gas from Russia. That's not going to happen going into these winter months. So let's listen to what Elon and the team have to say. Uh, we keep hearing of dire energy crisis in Germany this winter. What are Tesla's plans to com combat power cuts? And will there be any delays in ramp up in production from Giga Berlin because of this? Yeah, I can take it. <laughs> um, I think two points on this question. Uh, the the first is that, uh, you know, based upon everything that we know, we don't see this as a large risk to the company. Um, you know, even if production dump did go down for a period of time, this is all near term. It doesn't have any impact on the long term of the company. But we don't. We're not, we, we have no indication whatsoever None. that we will have to cut our production at Germany. No. And we put in place backup plans, and we're working through the supply chain as well. Um, nearly all of our suppliers are prepared as well. So I, we'll see how this plays out, but it's not something that we're terribly worried about. All right. I thought that was a pretty good answer. Let's go ahead and jump into our next question, which is about Cybertruck production. Ooh, Cybertruck production. We're getting close. What are we going to hear in this? Is it going to be super exciting? Or is it going to be really dull and boring and uh, disappointing? I'll let you decide. Let's go to our next clip. And the next question is, how is production planning going for the Cybertruck? What is the initial phase one production target? When can we expect an update on pricing and final design? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we've, as, as Elon said earlier, we'd be on product, uh, facilities preparations here in Giga Texas for Cybertruck. Um, we're still on track to enter uh, early production in the middle of next year. We've started our um, beta builds uh, of all of the battery, battery, and existing. Ours, when can I drop my beta? <laughs> <laughs> that was the question. In, in a few weeks. Ours. Okay, great. Um, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. And that's, that's going well. Um, and, uh, you know, we continue ramping up through the end of next year and in, into 2023. Great. Yeah, the car's going to be sick. And sick. That's going to be a Hall of Famer, next level. Sorry, it took it longer than expected, but you know there were a few things that got in the way, like insane global supply chain shortages and pandemics. Sure, force majeure if there ever was one. All right, thank you. Uh, uh, of course, Tesla Semi, of course. You know, so so we'll be handing over our first production Tesla Semis um, to Pepsi on December first. Um, I'll be there in person, and. Um, We'll be begin ramping up uh, production of the Tesla Semi, which is a um, max load heavy, a heavy, a heavy truck. Yeah, that's the class A truck. Class A truck. No sacrifice to cargo capacity. Yeah, no sacrifice. Exactly. No sacrifice. Very important. No sacrifice to cargo capacity. Five hundred mile range. I'm sorry, just be clear. Right. Five hundred miles with the cargo. Just, yeah, five miles with the cargo yeah. on, on level ground. Yes, yeah, sir. You know, <laughs> so not 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 up. You know, close. Um, but the point is, it's a, a long range truck, and, and even with heavy cargo. Um, and the number of times people told me, "Oh, you you can't. It's impossible to make a long range, uh, heavy duty class A truck." Um, and then I asked, "Well, well, what are your assumptions about what out kilogram and what hours per mile?" And they would look at me with a blank stare, and then say hydrogen. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's that's not the answer. But I was looking for numbers. Um, <laughs> <and> literally, <laughs> that's that's not a number. Uh, there's an element on the periodic table. 
Um, anyway, you obviously don't need hydrogen for heavy trucking. That's what we're trying to make here. Um, and we'll be ramping up uh, semi-production through next year. Uh, as, as you know, like everyone knows at this point, uh, it, it takes you know, about a year to ramp up production. So we expect to see significant... Um, uh, we're, we're tentatively aiming for 50,000 units in 2024 for um, Tesla Semi in, in North America. And, and uh, obviously we'll expand beyond North America. Um, and and th these would sell... It, I don't want to say the sacrifices, but they're much more than a passenger vehicle. So <laughs> the 50,000 uh, heavy trucks of this nature would be worth several um, model wise. All right, everybody that has a cyber truck reservation, did that satisfy your curiosity? Because it didn't mind. Like, I was like, that's a total bleepity bleep answer, uh, friends, Mr. Musk. That, that answer sucked. You spent more time talking about the semi, which was n not part of the question. So my guess is somebody asked a question and Elon and the team were like, hey, don't look over there. Look over here. Look at the shiny Tesla semi that's coming out in December. Look over here. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the ramp. Elon's going to be at the ramp. Everybody's excited about that. Don't worry about the Cybertruck. Um, that was disappointing. I was not happy with that answer. That's a terrible answer. Not only did you not answer the question, you completely pivoted to something different so to make people think that you answered the question. Didn't answer the question. You did say force majeure, so that's good. I'm really happy that that happened. Um, hopefully, I don't sound too negative, but hopefully, I also don't sound happy because that was, that answer sucked. We've been waiting for since 2019 for this stupid truck. Uh, let me see. I have my reservation because the reservation was actually given to me as a Christmas gift. December 25th, 2019 at 8.50 in the morning. That's that's how long I've been waiting for the, the, the Cybertruck. And right now, we don't know what the updated pricing is. We don't know what the finished product, what, what the specs are. We just know that it might come sometime in the middle of next year, barring any sort of unforeseen, like, locust in festation that on a biblical level that we haven't actually seen yet it's going to happen anyway this is terrible we do know that it will float we know that the cyber truck will float but we don't know how much it's going to cost and what the specs are going to be we know that it'll float which is less than one percent of the people who buy this truck will actually try that but we don't know what the specs and the cost will be. I think reservation holders have been plenty patient on this, and it's kind of nonsense that uh, the the team has not given us updated information. At the bare minimum, if you don't want to release price, you know numbers for price, uh, tell us that we're going to be able to because we reserved our Cybertruck, we're going to get our seventy five hundred dollar full self driving, and then tell us what the specs are. Pencils are down. Pencils have been down for a long time. This answer was nonsense. Okay. Sorry about that. Our next question from shareholders is going to be about the 4680 cell ramp. Uh, the next question is, what is the progress of the 4680 cell ramp and what factors determine whether vehicles get 2170s versus 4680 cells? And how will that change in the next year? Um, yeah, ramp is going well, as Elon said. Uh, total output is up. 3x quarter over quarter, um, and production is tracking to exceed 1,000 car sets per week this quarter, as we said uh, last quarter. Um, 
our focus is now shifting from 100% ramp to cost and further expanding production capacity in North America, uh, as Elon also mentioned. On the 2170 versus 4680 um, in our factories, we, we really attempt to minimize factory complexity and product changeover while still making sure we get enough new product into the field to learn how it is performing. Um, and that 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 sort of mix is going to shift as uh, 4680 scales here and the overall factory ramp proceeds in Texas. Right. Um, but basically, international 4680 ramp is growing exponentially. Uh, and um, yeah, it's going well. It's looking good. This, this, this yeah. is going to be a very major factor in the future. Like right. this packs up sick. Yes. Um, like I said, we're, our, our goal is to strive towards 1,000 gigawatt hours a year of annualized production. In the United States alone, by Tesla, not including suppliers. Suppliers would be on top of that. We need to get 300 to 400 terawatt hours built to accomplish our goal. Yeah, there's, there's roughly <laughs> to transition Earth to sustainable energy. Our rough calculation um, to, for both uh, stationary and vehicles um, is 300 to 400,000 gigawatt hours or three to 400 terawatt hours. So when you're like, one terawatt sounds like a lot. Well, it's a lot of terawatt hours to go. Yeah, and I should say, on the cathode side, the, um, this would, the, the, the main cathode we think would probably be uh, iron um, and um, uh, like most of the ions, because iron, iron can scale to very, very high tonnage. And um, and then some, some nickel. The exact percentages are hard to figure out, but it's it's probably probably at least twice as much uh, iron cathode as, as nickel, um, maybe more. And uh, and then this the manganese wild card as well. All right, Peter. Yep. Okay. And on that note, we're pursuing aggressively North American iron cathode supplies. Yeah. Um, and have yeah, we can talk more about that at a future date. All right, some of that stuff we I didn't know, so that's that's good to have in our back pocket there going forward as we try to leave, read the tea leaves based on what Tesla's doing or what they're not doing or what's holding up production. It's good information. Now we're going to jump into the analyst questions, and we're going to talk about full self-driving. So the analyst asks for an update on full self-driving, so let's jump into that. Any update on full self-driving, I think you had said a couple quarters ago, would be available by the end of the year. Is that still possible? Is it? Would it still be like a level four or level five that you're talking about? And are there any sort of regulatory hurdles you'd have to think about? We, as I said earlier, we're expecting to release the full self-driving software to anyone who orders the package um, by the end of this year. Um, it's a separate matter as to it, will it have regulatory approval? It, it won't have regulatory approval at that time. Um, but, um, but, the, but the car will be able to take you from your home to your work, your friend's house, to the grocery store, um, without you touching the wheel. So it's looking very good. And it would mean like level four, level five kind of traditional definition you're talking about? Um, well, there's 
was a debate us like what's the what are the interventions per mile and, and all those maybe the safety interventions per mile. Um, that, like we don't we don't think that that's it's, that's quite ready to to have no one behind the wheel. Um, it's just that there will you will almost never have to touch the, the control the vehicle controls. Um, so like when I came to Giga Texas today uh, from um, friend's house, I never touched any of the controls all the way in here. Um, and then and then it, it's there there is a longer process of like called the march of nines of like how many nines for liability do you need before uh you can you can really be comfortable saying uh that the car could drive with no one in it um and um you know that's there's some subjectivity as to how many nines you need uh but well, i think we'll be pretty close to uh having enough nines that you can have no one in the car by the end of this year. Um, and uh, certainly without, without question whatsoever in my mind um, next year. And I think we'll also have enough data next year to be able to assure to regulators that uh, the car is safer, much safer than the average human. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I, I want to be clear here that I think Tesla's done a fabulous job on full self-driving. I think the technology is amazing. I think what it can do is amazing. However, I think Elon and Tesla have really fallen down on the job of actually 
putting it, what it can and can't do into realistic expectations because what the people I follow on Twitter who are Tesla fans are not experiencing it doesn't match what Elon and Tesla are saying in terms of full self-driving. It sounds like this is quite a bit our full self-driving is quite a bit further away uh, than just, you know, we're waiting for a regulatory approval. We'll solve it next year. Well, it's always we'll solve it next year. That's an easy thing to say at this point. As far as I know, full self-driving is still technically stuck at level two. I don't know how we jump from level two to level four to level five um, and skipping three altogether. Like it, it, seems to me that Tesla should be very proud of where they're at in terms of full self-driving. But it really bothers me when Elon, and it's really Elon that does this, oversells what the what the product can do. Because I don't have, I took a, a, a couple of weeks ago, I took a little informal poll of my friends and family who have Teslas. And I asked, is full self-driving, is it is it ready? And the and this was when uh, ten point six nine came out, and it was a resounding no. Like they're getting rid of the ultrasonic sensors and taking away functionality for full self driving to rely on Tesla Vision, which I think I'm okay with. Like I'm I'm one of those people that's like, hey, we're gonna have to break a few eggs, and it's gonna be uncomfortable before it gets you know better, right? I'm okay with being uncomfortable. I mean, I don't have a Tesla, so like, it's easier for me to say that. But the thing that bothers it's it's not close. That's where it's at. It's not close. Like I realize Elon has a updated, he runs the latest version of the software in his cars, but I don't think his the latest version of what he's running is as close to level four or five as what he says it is. Like I do not, the world is entirely too big. Uh, for Tesla to be able to be like, oh, yeah, we can solve for 99% of these problems. You, you just can't. And that's okay. Like, we should give Tesla a break because that's they're trying to solve a very hard problem. And I'm okay with them trying to solve a very hard problem and failing. But the, the, the and I know this comes some probably, uh, Elon said that this comes from optimism. So I'm not going to try and, you know, parse what his motives are on this, but it's just not there. Let's, let's, let's reel it in and be a little bit more realistic in the expectations. And let's applaud Tesla and the team for, for making something that's really amazing. I fully believe that if Elon hadn't made so many, outlandish claims that you know this is going to work or maybe timelines we'll say if elon hadn't said okay the timelines are this and then continuously missed it i do not think tesla would be as um under scrutiny in terms of full self-driving as they are right now because they're making promises and lay people who don't follow this like we do are believing them and then when they get the car they're like oh it doesn't do this this is terrible um and it's not. It's great. But this expectations are so, so high that when reality meets the fantasy, it is terrible. But in reality, like it's a pretty amazing feat of engineering what they're doing. So anyway, let's go to the next. <laughs> let's go to the next uh, analyst question. Basically, the question is, if the price of materials continues to come down, Will that bring down the price of vehicles? Which is a 
Good question. Let's ask. Let's let's find out. Uh, I think it was at your annual shareholders event where Elon mentioned that the prices of many of the materials used in your production have started to come off the boil. You know, if that continues, does that give you an opportunity to adjust prices globally after several increases? Thanks. Well, we're we're looking at the prices of at our prices uh, closely. I mean, obviously, anyone can just Google what the price of uh, you know the future price of copper or steels going to be. It's just like one Google search way, um, and and everyone can see that the that commodities on a go forward basis um, are have, on a dropping uh, line, but uh, it, in electric vehicles, <laughs> um, things like um, battery grade lithium are still crazy expensive. So we've got a mixture of things, things where prices are dropping and things where prices are increasing. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I would say uh, quarter of quarter, you know, steel, aluminum has dropped anywhere yeah. between 17 to 20% at the same time on the, on the battery side. The cost of shipping has come down tremendously. Yeah. yeah, like last year, the cost of a container on the spot market from Shanghai got as high as twenty thousand dollars, wow. and now it's thirty five, thirty six hundred dollars. So yeah. Come back to that reality. Yeah. So we're seeing deflation on a lot of commodities, with a few exceptions, as yeah. you mentioned on batteries. Yes, there's more more deflation than than inflation. Um, Definitely. And again, this is publicly available information; anyone can just go with it. Um, and I think uh, Kathy Wood at Archivest is. Um, to make this point over and over again <laughs> um, to the Fed and who the Fed is not listening because <laughs> they're looking out the rear view mirror instead of looking out the front windshield. Yeah, um, just to add a little bit more context. So, you know, commodity increases were the highest in Q3 that we've seen over the last two years. And so, you know, when indexes change, it does take time before they flow yeah, to our potentials. Yeah. There's latency. This is why I say it's, so, the, the Fed's decisions make sense if you're looking out through, in the, through, through the, rear, the rear view mirror, but not if you look out the front windshield. <laughs> and they should look out the front windshield. Yeah. And so, what, at least of what we know so far, the peak uh, on the commodity side in Q3, I say peak, hopefully it stays the peak. Hopefully, it starts to come down. You know that there is a small amount of reduction that we're seeing going into our Q4 cost structure. You know, from steel and aluminum primarily, but it, it's less than 10% of the total increases we've seen so far. So, um, you know, we're optimistic here, based upon what we're seeing on the indexes for some of our cost structure, that this will start to come in over time. But I, I just want to set expectations that there's not some some windfall of cost reduction in this space coming in Q4. Maybe some as we go into next year. Yeah, I think we'll probably see some cost reduction in 2023. I'd be surprised if we did not. The most important thing I got out of that answer was I'm not surprised. I'd be surprised if... We can't do a cost reduction in 2023. Who knows by how much? Hopefully it's it's a healthy amount, but I, I have more to say on this, but it might sound like I'm whining. So email me if you want to know what I think, but it's basically these prices are ridiculous. All the cars prices are ridiculous right now. Next up, we're going to get some more information on the 4680 battery cell production. Also, when my wife gets home, her computer automatically sends all the files that she printed at work to our printer, which is why you just heard the printer sorry about that i'd love to to have another update on uh, on 4680 uh drew and so last time we talked about it um, 
there were was question it was question about like you know scaling out manufacturing and there, there were still a, a few things to get right. Is it fair to say that now you are at scale and it's just a question of logistics to to get bigger? Uh, so that's question number one, and then question number two on the kind of like innovation and cost reduction and efficiency improvement kind of um, uh, path that you described at the battery day. Um, uh, you know, where about are we today, and how much time is it going to take to to deliver? You know, all the potential you uh, you outlined then. Well, I'll take the second question first. Uh, at Battery Day, we showed a timeline out to 2026 uh, for all of the ideas we had proposed and had, you know, shared with 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 everybody then. And uh, yeah, I'd be surprised. I think we'll do better than that. Yeah, I mean, but but just the, that's the rough. Just giving you all, you know, yeah. like it's on that order. It's not like a month. It's not six months. It's it's years. And um, we are executing on all of those different ideas pretty aggressively in parallel with the OPEX that some people think isn't enough, but we're getting it done. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm not turning down POs, you know. No, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or great talent. Like, we find yeah, awesome engineers, we bring them on into the company. Um, and, and people shouldn't believe we are turning people away. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard problem, but we're solving it. And I, I think... Um, you know, we still feel confident that the 4680 will be yes. the most competitive battery cell in the world. And it's the whole system around it, right? It's not necessarily a specific form factor. It's the attention to detail on how to break costs out of the manufacturing process, how to remove processing steps. And all, all the way down you know, from the mine to the cell. Yeah, exactly. Many steps along the way. Yeah, and, you know, for those who watch the YouTube videos, like our on-site cathode, facilities coming together. Um, really excited about that, which is a part of the plan that we discussed on Battery Day. Yeah. Um, but the, it, you know, we're, we're also building a lithium refinery. In Corpus Christi. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, we're, we're, we're making, you know, um, putting our money where our mouths are and all the various efforts that we discussed on Battery Day. On, on the technical challenges and, and, and the ramp question, which is your first question on 4680, like no ramp is ever easy, even at the end when you're eighty percent to the end. Like it, it's still very challenging to get to the end, and that that sort of leaning out of yield, the final cycle time, you know, to achieve target. Um, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned logistics; it's not something that we're specifically focused on, I guess, but eventually could be a problem as we're talking about hundreds of, of gigawatt hours at different sites across the United States. Um, but but I, I would never sit here and say we have no challenges uh, remaining. But but we've made a lot of progress reducing technical risk in many areas. Uh, cycle times have dramatically improved. Yield has dramatically improved. Um, and the you know just just walking the line here in Texas, you know, like Martin was walking it yesterday, made some comments to me. Uh, you, you really see the the acceleration around you. Um, and we've made a ton of simplifications moving from um, the Fremont factory to to Texas, and it. It's coming to play in speed of ramp here, um, and and of course that's that's on that's on one line of many here in Texas. So it's it's not like factory to factory. It's 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 a multiplication of both simplicity and scale. So uh, yeah, we're we're excited about where it's headed. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know once once we are fully integrated, um, I think we we still do see a path uh, to 
hold a roughly seventy dollar kilowatt hour. So, so seventy dollars per kilowatt hour. So, yeah. Before, before any incentive. Before incentive. Before incentive. Yeah. What a great question and answer! I didn't realize that Tesla had said during battery day basically that they weren't going to have all the features of the 4680 battery cell like they'd be iterating until 2026 as the goal to have this product um i guess fully featured i didn't realize that so great question great answer i wish they were all this good the next question is also about 4680 battery cells and what their role is with the tesla semi and how is Tesla going to to figure out which vehicles get the 4680 battery cells? Because the Model Y, it some of the Model Ys at Giga Texas have a 4680 battery cell with the the structural battery pack, and some of them have the 2170 cells with the you know standard battery pack, the old one. When it's and it's really it's not that old. But then you have the Cybertruck, which is. Pretty much it has to have the 4680 battery cells because they don't have another version of the Cybertruck with 2170 cells. But enough of me yammering. Let's get to the question. I just wanted to follow up on the 4680 cells um, and where we are seeing them deployed today. So are those in the semis that are being delivered on December 1st? Are we seeing them in Model Ys that are being produced uh, out of Austin, and is do you anticipate 4680 being a gating factor for Cybertruck ramp later this year? And how do you balance the need for 4680 across semi Cybertruck and potentially Model Y in 2023? And I have a follow up, please. Wow. Okay. Well, the, the a semi doesn't use the 4680s. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we, we are making uh, Model Ys. Um, some of the Model Ys coming out of uh, Giga Texas are uh, 4680. Um, and I think, Drew, the car you drive around is 4680 yep. Model Y. 10,000 miles. 10,000 miles. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, no problems yet. Yeah. Structural pack. Structural pack. Yeah. So, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, our, our, and our output at 4680 is growing exponentially. So, um, but it's worth bearing in mind that like, there are, are entire highly competitive companies that are very smart. That all they do is make battery cells. This is this is simply one segment of Tesla. Yeah. So, you know, so it's not a total walking block. No, there's there there aren't there are challenges still ahead that we have not yet surpassed. No doubt. Excellent answer. I don't really have anything to add. Our final question from analyst is, um, I'm not sure how to say this. When he asked the question, you're going to know what Elon's answer is. You know, the, the overall arching, like what the answer is. You're going to know that. But let's, I'll just let him ask. I'm going to, I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him ask the question. Sometimes that speech impediment get it works its way in there. I'm gonna leave that in there. You guys don't hear all the ones that happen, but the, that one's in there. So you're welcome. Here's the question. Uh, great, thanks for taking my question. I guess I'll go at one that I asked last time, uh, Elon, which is uh, your expectation for the likelihood of commercial success in each of the three major AI endeavors. Um, you know, FSD, 
in, you know, sort of as imagined without a driver, um, the training computer and, uh, and of course, Optimus. Uh, will achieve full self-driving, full autonomy. My um, probability of that occurring is 100%. Um, and I think, I think we'll, you know, we're almost there. Um, and then, of course, we got to prove it to regulators and get the regulatory approvals, which is outside of our control. Um, but uh, I mean, anyone who's driving full self-driving, who's has the full self-driving beta in the car, can see the rate of improvement. Um, they, they, you just experience for yourself that we are in fact getting there. In fact, we almost are there. Um, and uh, so, anyway, probably achieving that one hundred percent. The Optimus uh, probability of that being a successful product, I think, also extremely high. Um, it, you know, given enough time, one hundred percent. Dojo, it's um, maybe more more of a question mark around Dojo. Of, like, can we be competitive with? Um, NVIDIA GPUs, even as NVIDIA continues to rapidly evolve their GPUs. Um, so as it, the jury's out on Dojo. Dojo team thinks they can um, uh, outperform NVIDIA for neural net training. Um, but the jury's out, and we'll probably know, I don't know next year if that's, uh, if, if, if that's true or not. But uh, we, th we think we'll probably... We think it's let's say the architecture of Dojo has uh, is is the right architecture to win. You know, it depends on how well we execute within that architecture. Of course, Elon is going to say they're going to be able to to meet their their goals in all three of these situations. Um, he was very frank, and I do appreciate his frankness about Dojo and and you know the the their competitor Nvidia. But why would they be doing any of this stuff? Why would they put an, an ounce of effort or money into this if they didn't think it could succeed? Because at this point, they could have done all of this in private. And if they thought it was going to fail, it just would have never seen the light of day. And nobody would know about it. And maybe we'd hear rumors that Tesla was working on something full self-driving. Anyway, I am repeating myself, so I'm just going to leave it there. That is it for our show this week. Actually, Tesla's earnings call was on the 19th. I had it in my calendar on the 20th. I wouldn't have done a show on Tuesday had I known that it was on the 19th. I just would have waited a day and put it out on Wednesday, and we would have just had one show this week. So... Uh, as we, as the, as the show grows and as we get more and more EV news, uh, it's becoming more and more likely that this will become a regularly twice a week show. So, which I'm not mad at because actually Allison, Allison made the suggestion to me and I was like, Oh, that sounds like it's more work and it's actually easier. I, I wouldn't have thought it was easier, but it's actually quite a bit easier. So thank you, Allison. All right, everybody. That is it for me this week. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I've enjoyed talking to you so much over the last couple of days. There will be a show on Tuesday. I'm not sure if that show will include GMC's unveiling of the Denali pickup truck or if it'll just be news. But either way, there'll be a show on Tuesday and a show on Friday. Thank you, everybody. We are out of here in less than 45 minutes, as long as I shut up right now. Thank you very much. Um, I think, unfortunately, is all the time that we have today.